everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today we're joined by Tina Tower, creator of Her Empire Builder. How's it going today, Tina? I'm so good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I'm excited to have you for a number of different reasons. Uh, one, like you're just such a lively personality, even in just the brief chatter we've had uh, <laughs> leading up to pushing the record button. I can already tell this is going to be a great conversation. Um, so let's just dive right on in um, and give everyone just the the 15 second elevator pitch uh, about who you are and what you do. I don't think I can do it in 15 seconds though. <laughs> I'm timing you though. I'm timing you. <laughs> okay, time starts now. Um, so I am 38 now. I started my first business when I was 20. So I've been in business pretty much my whole adult life, um, really long time. I came from traditional business. We sold that in 2016. I had ran that my whole life didn't know what I was going to do next. Um, traveled around the world for a year to find myself on a bit of an eat, pray, love journey. Accidentally tripped and fell into this wonderful world of online courses, which was supposed to be what I was going to dabble in on the side until I found like my next real business was how it was starting. Um, just a bit of a hobby. Uh, and then it took off. So we took 19 months to make our first million. And now we have this beautiful membership community teaching people. I'm a business strategist. So teaching people behind the scenes of how to build their business on all of the different levels. And it's the most fun I've ever had in business in my life. And I love it. Absolutely amazing. I I know you condensed it down into trying at that 15 second mark, but there were so many yes, things. Went over. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. I think you covered some of like some of the things we normally go into next anyhow, um, which is like we want to get into like the genesis and how you got there. Um, but I just want to make point out that you kind of just like flew by the fact 19 months it was and over a million dollars in sales. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had I mean we had a few iterations before we hit on our winner with that, but when we got when we officially started kind of thing and from the first course launch, our first live launch, uh, yeah, it took 19 months to hit that million, which was so fast and so good. But I do want to caveat that in going. I didn't start from scratch in terms of starting from scratch with no email list and no profile. I already had quite a business profile from my business before. So I had a very big head start to that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that because that is uh, one of the most common I guess, conversations that we have with entrepreneurs, audience building and how impactful that is on getting up and running. Yeah. So I had with my first business, so my my big business that I built and sold, that was tutoring centers. So I taught kids how to read and we had up to 40 locations for that one. So it, it became quite quite large. Um, but when we were building that, because I started so young, I didn't have a lot of capital and I couldn't like borrow. No one would give me money. Everyone kept saying like, get venture capitalists and get all this. I don't know who all these people are that give all these people money. I could not find them. So I had to figure out how I was going to build our business on a budget. And that's how I kind of discovered the whole personal branding thing and going, well, if I put myself out there and I get on like, this was, this was like 10, 15 years ago. So there wasn't as much social media, but we went into like awards and live events and speaking and podcasts and everything that we could do to reach to kind of, that was free. <laughs> That's what I got into. And what I found was that actually it's effortful and it costs you a lot of time, but it's far more effective than anything you can actually buy with money. And so, yeah, that's really the way I built my business last time and definitely the way I've built it this time. Now we have social media, which 
I just think, I mean, social media obviously has its downsides, but we all have this tool in our pocket. And when I came into online courses, obviously there's so many big players in the online course world and it can psych you out and going, well, how am I even supposed to compete when there's thousands of people that are already doing the thing that I want to do? And social media just levels that playing field. Like if you're willing to talk to people and put yourself out there and be yourself, no one else can copy you. You can't copy anybody else. Like you just, you are who you are and you can connect with people and they can get to know you and then buy from you. And it costs nothing. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, It's free. It's, yeah, it's accessible. It's accessible to everyone. So I would like to just kind of let's zone in on that even more and talk about kind of the the challenges associated with building that audience, whether it was, I know you mentioned you did a lot of offline work. How much was, I guess, the online portion of it? I'm interested in both, but how much of the online portion was? Yeah. So inside my membership's Her Empire Builder. And when we did our, we did our first retreat only last year. So I've had my membership going for... We just had our two-year anniversary. And on our first one, I walked onto the stage on the first morning. We had 60 members in the audience. And then I just burst into tears because I looked out and one of our members had arranged for everyone to be in these shirts that said all the things because I say all the things all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like this on-running joke. And that is totally related to marketing in that I don't think... And this is kind of what we touched on before we hit record as well in going, it's not easy. Like I wish that people will ask me, what's that one thing that I can do to get ahead? And it's not just social media. It's not just having a podcast. It's not, it's doing all the things and letting them all feed into each other. So on any given week, we're putting up daily social media posts, which now unfortunately have to be reels. Um, (laughs) We're doing blog posts twice a week. We're doing podcasts dropping out once a week. I go on a couple of podcasts every month. I go in other people's business programs. I do live events four times a year. I attend live events. I go um, and do external speaking engagements. I do so many different things. I don't go in awards anymore, but we did go in a lot of awards because all of that then feeds into the credibility and then gives you things that you can repurpose on different channels and different things that you can do. I do a lot of traditional media. So I write articles for online publications as well as magazines and in the newspaper and all of that sort of stuff. And it all works because it all feeds into each other. And when I explain that to people, the most common feedback that I hear, especially from my members is going, that's a lot. Like that sounds like a lot of work. And it is, it's like, well, welcome to the party. And this is the thing. So many people go, well, I want to earn six figures a year, or I want to earn seven figures a year or whatever it is. That does take work. It doesn't happen by accident. And if, if you're listening to people saying it does, all you need to do is look at the statistics of how many people actually are making a million dollars a year. There's not many, which is total obvious then that it's not easy because a lot of people aren't doing the things that you need to do to get to that level. And so I think where the ease comes in is accepting, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it because then the impact we get to have on our clients is huge and the trickle effect is massive. But then we also get to build this beautiful business that we love. We get to do work every day that we enjoy and we get to set ourselves and our families up for financial security forever. It's amazing. That it is. That it is. And 
I wonder if this is probably, I'm going to challenge you right on the spot here um, or or present you with a challenge, not really challenge you, but undoubtedly it's all of the things, but where do you start? What's the one thing that you can do? Yeah. And there's always like, there's levels, I think that you start. And that can be one of the most overwhelming things when people begin in the journey and they're looking at other course creators that are crushing it. And they're like, oh my gosh, so I need to do all of that now. Like, I don't even know what a webinar is (laughs) kind of thing at the start. So I think, you know, one thing at a time. And what I always tell people is do that next right thing. So the easiest way to start is social media, obviously. And I think getting comfortable with just doing like daily stories so that you can get used to talking to camera and they disappear. So it's not much pressure Um, and then start going live and then start appearing on other people's podcasts and then start your own podcast and then repurpose that. And this is where like, there's so many wonderful virtual assistants that can get your hero content. So what I call hero content is say you're speaking live or you're doing a podcast or something like that. You're going to say things in that, but then someone can take and extrapolate that out and go, all right, we're going to put that into an audiogram or we're going to put that into a little 60 second reel video or different things that they can do. And that's where our blog posts come from. Like I don't write any of those. They just get that all from our hero content. And then that can be cut into 20 different pieces of content. And for people at the beginning, I didn't have any staff until we hit about, I think we were around 700,000 in revenue before I hired someone because I was very much wanted the lifestyle business and didn't want any responsibility for other people. But even having, I started with a 10 hour a week VA and just having like the amount that they could do was huge. So, and and the cost of it is, is so affordable as well. So doing that and taking that little bit of a bit of a leap um, definitely helps you grow fast. Yeah. And I guess the, the follow-up question to that is, is when, when do you start on that one thing? Yeah. Now, (laughs) now we start on that one thing. Um, Look, there was, you know, there was someone I was talking to just yesterday in going. um, So one of the things in my program was we, we like to have people launch within 90 days of joining. Now she had been a member of my program for a year and a half, 18 months without launching. And that is very frustrating to me. I'm sure it's frustrating to her too, but I'm very driven by people getting results when they're paying me money. And so I'm like, what's holding you? Back. Like, let's do this thing. And for a lot of people, it's that perfectionism. It's it's that I need to have it right before I go to market and everything will lead on to everything else. Like everything kind of works and comes together. And the most common thing that I hear from people when they start is, oh my gosh, I wish I'd started that before, or I wish I'd started six months ago or 12 months ago. So my encouragement to people is if you're sitting there going, where do I start? Just, just start. And I know that sounds really flippant, but it's going start and experiment. Like business, to me is this constant curious experiment. You're going to hit on some things and you're going to go, oh my gosh, that was a winner chicken dinner. And then you're going to do other things and go, well, that did not work. You know, and it's all this experiment. And until you do it, you don't know. And it's not also one size fits all. Like some things for one audience will work really well. And for another audience, it'll flop. So you've got to find like your natural tendency and where you go in that as well. Um, And I mean, when I started, like we never intended to go as big as what what we've gone now. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be just a little thing on the side. Um, And I started three different Kajabi sites because I didn't know what 
content I wanted to stick with, what topic I wanted to go with. So we started three different businesses and I just thought, you know what, I'll just start and see which one is the winner, see which one sticks for that. So I'm glad I didn't wait until I was like certain in my head or I never would have got started. Did you start building your audience prior to understanding what the content was going to be? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's, um, oh, look, I wouldn't encourage it. (laughs) (laughs) Businesses at once. I had, um, so because I came from the business background, I had a program called Scale Up, which was to scale up your business. And it was all systems and processes because I love systems and processes and a lot of people don't. And so that for me was a way that I could teach people to go, Hey, if you're on your own, you can use this and you can do the job of 10 people with automation and systems. So I love that. And then I had the happy life because I'm really into personal development. I'm really into happiness and joy in life and wanted to help people. So many people I talk to and they're like, gosh, I wish I could live your life, but I just can't because of da, da, da. And I'm like, yes, you can. And so I wanted to show people that, you know, you can actually go after your dreams. That is available to everybody all the time. Um, So I started that. And then I started the tutoring Institute because I'd ran tutoring centers and thought I could teach other teachers how to run their own tutoring businesses. So I had three of them and I didn't know which one was going to stick. So I, I started separate social media accounts for all of them. I started talking on all of them to kind of see not so much because I do think that whatever you enjoy the most, I think there's a market for everything. Like if we, I love reading all the Kajabi reports of all of the statistics and all of the random, random businesses that do really well. I mean, there's a lady that's crushing it. That's like, she does brows, like how to make your perfect eyebrows. I'm like, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars in eyebrows. Like it just, there's an audience for nearly everything. Um, And so for me, when I was starting, the experiment wasn't so much was, is there an audience for it? But what do I enjoy the most? Because for the next chapter, you know, when you really get good at online business, you have to talk about it all the time, like all the time. Um, And so I wanted to see what I wanted to talk about. And what I found was with tutoring, I was going, oh my gosh, I'm over it. Like I've talked about it nonstop for the last 14 years. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And the happy life, I was kind of, I loved the content, but I was competing with people like Anthony Robbins (laughs) going, okay, I'm no Anthony Robbins, Tina. So I canned that one and then Scale Up was our winner. And so Scale Up started as like this little incubator of high touch point, like business development. And then when we started traveling, that's when people really started getting onto it. And then it had an iteration into laptop life. And then I decided I didn't want to live the laptop life. I actually like having office space and being a little bit more traditional. And so we converted it into her empire builder. And so I want that to be helpful to people in going, it's very easy to see people like where they are now and not, I think they always had it together. Whereas my business has like chopped and changed all the time. And I think there's no use. I don't know. We have a saying in Australia, like there's no use pushing shit uphill. Is that... Yeah, I, I don't it. know if that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. If that's <laughs> like an American thing as well, or just Australian. Uh, but there's a certain point where I think because people have put in so much time and effort into something, you can be reluctant to change direction. But if that's really hard and there's a lot of resistance, and you can see kind of to the periphery where something might be a little bit more fun, then move. Like go. Okay, I can change. You have the ability to change your mind at any time. Yeah. Well, I have to ask because I I think about this. I always, one, put myself in the listener's ears, but also I'm thinking about this just in my own head. Uh, Being someone who's maybe socially adverse, even though I grew up in that era, like how did you you get from nothing and turn that into a following starting from scratch? 
And my following is still very, very small. So we do around one and a half million a year and I have 7,000 followers on social media, which on a social media thing is very, is quite, quite small. We had, um, I think it was just under 4,000 when we hit our first million. So in people's minds, you, you know, you can think you need tens of thousands of people in order to like make a lot of money, but you don't, you just need the right people and the right audience. And for me, I'm a very excitable person. I have ADHD which means like I can have energy bursts, but I'm like a three-year-old. I get really excited and then I need to like (laughs) close in and nap. And contrary to that, I'm also quite introverted, which means I think an online business is actually an introvert's playground because we can do things in fits and bursts. So one of the reasons I love live launching so much is it's eight days. So we have like our pre-launch content coming in. We have eight days where it's like a fire hydrant. And I put so much effort into that live launch period but we only do it twice a year. So then I can disappear into my shell. I can just serve my customers. I can just do all the things on the back end that I love to do. But one thing that I learned early was I hated public speaking, like hated it. I got up the first time I tried to do it and they had to come into the bathroom to go like, Tina, are you coming? I'm there like throwing up and just, I couldn't hold. That was in the day where we didn't have all the technology, the you know beautiful lapel mics and everything that we have now. So you had to ha- hold a handheld mic and it's like fully shaking it was so embarrassing. And so then I went to a speaking coach. I was like, look, I know if I, like, I want to build my business. I know I need to have this skill. And it was so out of my comfort zone. And so I just felt like I just couldn't do it. And they said, look, it's nothing. You can intellectualize it as much as possible, but it's it's the actual being of it that's going to be the hard part. And the only way you get over that is to just do it, like do the reps. And so I booked a speaking engagement every week for 12 weeks. And I mean, like to preschools, libraries, like there was sometimes two people in the audience. They weren't paid. I just, anyone that would let me stand up and speak, I went to, and I stopped throwing up about, about speech five. So not too bad. And then I still felt nauseous for years, years. Like it's literally only been, I reckon two years that I can stand up. I still get massive butterflies before I step on stage, but I don't feel nauseous now. I just feel like excited about it and that adrenaline surge, but it took a lot of practice. And same with when like Instagram came out and Facebook, one of the best things is going live on Facebook and going live on Instagram and doing those different things. But the the fear is, well, what if I say something wrong? And this is the beauty of this day and age that we live in is it's totally fine. Like people are loving people showing up as themselves and that vulnerability that if, you know, I screw something up or say something accidentally when I'm going live, it's relatable to people because people are thinking, well, yeah, I'm not perfect all the time as well. Um, But it takes practice. I think one of the hardest things for me to learn was webinars as well and doing webinars and, and how much to talk, but then also shutting up because as you can tell, I can keep talking, uh, <laughs> knowing when to like stop, when to ask questions, how many questions are going to be too many questions, all of that sort of thing. That's And that's a learned skill and it only comes through practice. So for a lot of people, you know, I would say you can't afford to not embrace it as a business owner. I think, I mean, you can, there's people that I know that don't do a lot of social media, but it's definitely the hard way. If you want to do it the easy way and the cheapest way and the fastest way, just you got to get over it. (laughs) Those all sound like compelling reasons. I think (laughs) as a result of listening to you here, I'm going to do it. I I don't have it, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this when I'm done and I will report back. I'm going to do it in front of everyone. Um, Yeah. 
Yes, that's you've won me over. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about just some of the challenges associated with getting started, because as we've already discussed, this is not, you know, there's no overnight success stories. There's no, you know, million dollars uh, after uh, without without the work, you know, put in to actually definitely. achieve that. Yeah, definitely. I think probably the biggest challenge is and the biggest challenge for me and the biggest challenge for everyone is oh, I'm thinking uh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Like my biggest challenge now at the stage that I'm at is team um, and team building and going to that next level. But at the beginning, I think the biggest challenge is audience size um, and trying to find, you know, there's webinars that I have done where nobody showed up. Like I've gone live, gone to do my webinar, psyched myself up and gone, all right, this is it. This is the one. This is the one that's going to hit me into that next stage. And there's no one there. Wow. <laughs> and then battling with, oh my gosh, what a loser I am. Like I threw this party and nobody showed up. And that is a real fear for people that no one can show up. But one of the best things about just giving it a crack anyway, is that you realize all your fears and you go, well, the world didn't end and no one showed up, which means no one knew no one showed up. <laughs> so it's, True. Not, it's not so bad. Um, and so that can be really challenging at the start because, you know, we're so course creators when we start something, we're so passionate about our content and what we do and the impact that we want to make and all the clients. And it's like we're the world's best kept secret in going, if only they knew like what I could do for them, but it's really hard. And so the whole adage of build it and they will come just doesn't work. You've got to actually go get it. And I always think at the beginning, you know, if you're, if you've got big dreams and you're really going for it, you're so overworked and underpaid, but then you reach that tipping point where you can be underworked and overpaid. But a lot of people, I think, give up on that way to that tipping point when they're so close because it is incredibly disheartening. If you put everything into a launch and you know you get three people, you can go, well, what's the point? I just sacrificed like so much of my time, so much pressure for the family, and so much this, so much that. Like it's it's hard. And if you're doing a live launch model, you can't launch again for months, which means cash flow is tight. Um, and there's a, there's an Oprah quote that I really, really love that says, do what you've got to do until you can do what you want to do. And that was something that was always in my head. So at the beginning, like I would have to pad out that income. So I would go and do paid speaking engagements. I would go and do, I did a lot of private coaching, a lot of consulting, a lot of that sort of stuff. And then as online took off, I could start tapering that down. But I see a lot of people um, like kill the thing that's giving them revenue because they want to go, all in on on the online, um, which has its merits. But I also think that it's easier if you don't have stacks of pressure on you and you're not so desperate for it. So if you can, like while you're doing that, and I know a lot of people start like that, have, have it as a side hustle. I think that is the way to go so that you can kind of balance the two without sending yourself broke as well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, you went through, I think it was three different iterations to get yeah. to where you are today. I, I wonder, like, what, what were the parameters that you used or the thresholds to say, like, OK, I'm done. I'm done pushing. Uh, we used the stone uphill <laughs> in the uh, yeah. U.S., I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, going to use that now. There's no point pushing a stone. Well, a yeah. stone. I mean, I, I can push a stone uphill. <laughs> well, not a big one. No, maybe we should go with boulder. boulder. Yes, boulder. boulder. 
Um, anyhow, <laughs> what were the factors that I guess that you used to determine like, Hey, I'm ready to move on because that is, that's such a struggle because it does take persistence. There are times to where, you know, if you give up too soon, you're ultimately, you may have been on, may have been on the threshold of success. How did you know? And that is a hard line because it is like exactly as you say, it's not easy. And so it can feel this resistance, like it's not working, but you need to also know when to identify that as actually it's really not working. And what I find, and this is, I'm a very pragmatic gal, but this is where I go a little woo-woo in terms of, I do think that you feel that alignment in your body and you can go, you know, does this feel right? And I think sometimes when we really trust our instincts, you know, whether it is not the right thing or whether it's just not the right thing for you. And for me, I always trust, trust the joy, follow the joy, chase the joy. So mine, like I wrote a book called One Life in 2018, 19. And that was all about like, we have one life. We are here for such a short amount of time and then we're dead. So we may as well do something that we really enjoy that is in our values. And yes, it's hard, but you need to also like embrace the hard and entrepreneurship at the moment is so like glorified in a way of going, you know, it's, it never used to be cool. And I think that can be a problem sometimes because there's a lot of people that are great employees and love security and love the consistency and love the structure and the parameters. Entrepreneurship is not like that. There's no one that's going to tell you you're doing a good job. There is no guarantee of what's going to happen next week, next month. I mean, even everything that's just changed with marketing with all of the Instagram changes, like what we knew, what got us here is not going to get us there. Like we have to be able to recognize that and change constantly. And for some people, that's really disconcerting. And I think that, you know, we need to embrace that that is the journey. And if you can enjoy that, then you're in the right place. But if it's way too stressful, maybe go and get a job as well. So that is what I, what I would say in terms of, in terms of that, but how to know when it's not winning is I think when you're waking up every day and you're dreading it, that to me is the the biggest indicator. Yes, we all have bad days, but if those bad days have turned into weeks or even months, let's just give that a change. I'm going to switch that around and kind of ask the opposite question. How, how did you know that you, like when you launched um, your current iteration of your business, Her Empire Builder, how did you know that you'd, you'd hit the jackpot, if you will, or you, you've got the success? With that alignment, it was so much fun. So we only switched from scale up to Her Empire Builder in June, 2020. So we were supposed to launch it in March. Um, I'd come to the US. Um, we were running a whole campaign and a launch from Palm Springs. I arrived on the 2nd of March and then on the 4th was contacted by our consulate saying, get on a plane, turn around and come home because the pandemic had hit. And so then came back and was like, oh my gosh, like what, what in the world? Like everyone was in the same situation. No one would have imagined that it was going to turn into what it turned into. Uh, But we put the launch on hold and I ran a whole heap of like help things for people that were getting online and all their businesses. Cause we had the week after the pandemic, Hit like 72 people bought our whole website pack back in that days. We we built Kajabi sites as well, which we don't anymore, but we did that then. 72 people in a week said they had to get their course site built because they were traditional like consultants and speakers, or they were going to lose their houses. Like they had to get revenue coming in straight away. So we kind of knuckled down and did all of that and then waited to launch her empire builder until the June. And so I do think that because we'd spent that three months to the pandemic, like I was going live every day 
with just free content in helping people pivot their traditional businesses. So that had definitely helped. But then when we did that first launch for Home Pay Builder and I did the webinar and I saw everyone on there with so many big dreams and I could help them and inspire and see the results happening and just, it was just like magic. It was just beautiful. And I wanted 10 people in our first cohort and we got 36. Um, so we like went way over and I know they're tiny numbers. And this is, this is a good point too, Derek. Like I had someone the other day really disappointed that they didn't have 5,000 people on their first webinar because that was their expectation. And I'm like, what? Like, does Amy Porterfield even have 5,000 people on her <laughs> webinar? Like what? They, where did this number come from? Like, this is really high. And I think that's the thing too, is what people are measuring as success and failure is like a little skewed in going like 10 people was what I wanted in our first one, 10 humans. And in a world of billions, I'm like, I can get 10. We can do that. Um, So when we got 30 in there and I was like, okay, I've got like the next few months to just nurture the bejesus out of them and make sure everyone gets really good results. And then we can launch again. And then we launched again and we doubled and we've doubled and doubled and doubled. And now we've got in two years, 150 members in there. So it's just the most, it's, the most fun I have ever had in business. And so to me, like as soon as that kind of clicked in, I was like, yes, I've found my thing. Cause I felt like for a few years before that, after I'd sold my business, like between 2016 and 2020, I didn't, I was like flapping about a little bit in going, I like to have purpose. I like to have a plan. I like to feel like, you know, I'm contributing and I'm having impact and all of that sort of thing. And I was like, I'm, I'm kind of going this way. I'm going that way. I felt a bit flaky. Like who even am I? I every time I'd see people, at networking, they would be like, and what are you doing now, Tina? Like what's, what's happening now with your cute little business, you know, which I'm sure a lot of people in the beginning stages can relate to. But it was nice to then go, okay, this is my thing. Now I'm set for like the next 10 years. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I knew it was a winner. Well, I have to ask, uh, we haven't gotten to this this yet. Uh, just how did you end up on Kajabi? I, I, I would, did you start out here with your original course or did you work your way here? So good question. And I, as I said, am a curious experimenter. And I knew that once I locked into a software program that it's hard to change. You know, you can change, but software is something that it's it's a real mess to change. So when I ran my first online course launch, which was idea to launch. um, So it was taking people from like an idea to a launched program and it was going to be our first live launch. And I wanted to test the whole project. So I actually built it on Kajabi, Teachable and Thinkific. I built three different sites and put the course on three different sites. And I put people into all three of them so that I could test both from my point of view, what was going to work and from their point of view, what was going to work. And there were some things about those other programs that I liked better than Kajabi. Um, but with Kajabi, I liked like all simplicity. Like we originally had a WordPress site and then the WordPress site would jump over to the course site and have to connect those. And when I really got into Kajabi and saw how helpful it was and how simple it was, because for me, I move fast and I like to experiment. And I like to change things. And I was having to go to a developer. I'm pretty tech savvy, but still with a lot of things on a WordPress site, I had to go to a developer to change or if I wanted something slightly different, I'd have to, you know, explain it and then come back and then go back again and come back. Whereas like even the other day, I rebuilt our whole homepage on Kajabi and people are often really surprised and going, what? You still do your own Kajabi? But this is why is I wanted to rebuild the homepage and because it's changed a lot since I started. So I wanted to put it on its latest thing, but I don't know what I want until I see it on the page. So with a few of the buttons, you know, we have boxes of our free resources on there. And originally I thought we're just going to have 
have solid squares. And I did the solid colors and I was like, no, that looks awful. So I changed them to a different color, solid squares. I'm like, no, still looks awful. So I changed them to pictures of me. And I'm like, that's too much Tina on one page. So then I changed them again. And being able just to tinker like that myself until I can get it how I want it is so incredibly valuable. So I love that from a from a developer kind of design point of view. But then the back end is just, oh my God, it's just insane. Like I can't rave about Kajabi enough. And and I do rave about it. <laughs> I think I think we've got like I yeah, I've got a lot of people in the partner program that I've put onto it because it's just, you know, it's taken the barrier of entry away. And I do know there's a lot of people that go, gosh, Kajabi's expensive. But I look at it and go, when I was running traditional business, like our costs of running that business in terms of the rent we were paying, the software we had for our cash register, like so many different expenses that you can literally have one. I mean, my podcast isn't on Kajabi because it was all set up on Libsyn and we're looking at migrating that over. But now that you can put literally like everything on there, your blog, your podcast, your backend stuff, your membership, your courses, your front-end website, like everything's all on the one thing. It's it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> <laughs> my, oh my. Yeah, it's... I'm, I'm first of all thrilled to hear that. I don't think I've ever heard someone say, you know, give me the answer to that question. I tried everything all at once. Uh, that, that's, yeah. that's what a, what an incredible way to evaluate. Well, I didn't want to guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and once I get something, which you may have got from me already, but once I get something, I, I sprint in that direction. So it's, I wanted to be sure before I was going, all right, I'm going to double down on that. And I have, I've doubled down on Kajabi. I only work with people that are on Kajabi. Like we sell, like it's just, yeah, I needed to be sure. <laughs> Well, kind of a follow-up question to that would be, uh, did you know out the gate that your first business was actually, your, your first online business was actually going to be a course or something that needed a Kajabi Teachable Thinkific insert your competitor? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Because when I um, sold my business, I didn't know what we were going to do next. Um, I was 33 when I sold. So a lot of people say like, why don't you retire? And you go, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Like I want to live till 104. So that's a long time, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, but I didn't know what I was going to do. So a lot of people were asking me for business advice because I built a substantial business and then sold it, which not that many people get to have that result. So a lot of people wanted the same. And so I started consulting and coaching and then I was doing the, which is not cheap. Like when you do private coaching, you charge quite a, quite a pretty penny. And what I found was call after call. Yes, everyone was slightly different, but I found myself repeating the same thing again and again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I literally just had this conversation two hours ago. And so then I started writing down all of the consistent stuff. And that's how scale up started was I was like, okay, with all of like local area marketing and all of third party media and all of like everything that we were doing, like understanding your profit and loss statement, how to make a budget, like everything in that business ecosystem. I then created like little video modules for it without knowing what I was doing and going, okay, so I'll then deal with the specific problem that my people have and then send them to get the whole background on that. And so that's kind of how it started. And then I started looking at online courses. Um, and like a lot of people start, went and did Amy Porterfield, love her, loved that whole ethos of it and going, oh, this is, this is a world. Like this is actually a thing that I can do. And to me, it just, because I love systems and it's so leveraged and you can systemize your knowledge and then let it impact. Whereas up and 
until that point, like I had 20 private coaching clients, which is a lot of private coaching clients. It's a lot of people to to talk to and hold space for. And I'm like, there's infinite amount of people I can help on courses. So I loved that. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, one of your courses is kind of taking, it's taking someone from idea to fully launched product. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested, uh, kind of going back to where we started, where do, where do your customers ultimately find you in the journey? Do they already have that audience or are they truly at just, you know, blank, blank slate? Yeah. Well, people are all different. So I think a lot of people that gravitate towards me because of my background have had a traditional business background. So they're not necessarily from from corporate. We do get some people from corporate, but most have got traditional business and want to kind of interpret that into this new online world. Um, and we have people at all different levels jump into to different things. Some people have been, you know, just had the idea, can I do this? Should I do this? They're kind of at that conception stage. And others have kind of had a crack on their own and haven't quite figured out why it's not working. And so want to kind of go back to the beginning and, and redevelop that and, and see where it goes. So yeah, that's our We've got evergreen programs on there and then we've got our live launch membership as well. So we've got a few things now, but I only started with the one. So a lot of people will look at what we've got now and go, it's quite a few products in our suite, but it's only because we add things on as people ask. Like we've got one dropping next week that's start your own podcast and how to start a podcast on Kajabi because a lot of people are asking us with Kajabi's new podcast, but like, how do I start my podcast and how do I specifically do it on there? Because there's tons of things on how to start a podcast but not how to start a podcast, how to design your cover, how to get your content, how to find guests, how to manage it from a week to week, but also what buttons do I press on Kajabi? Like how do I actually do it? So it's that whole kind of all encompassed thing. And I like that because we can be niche with that, it means we can be perfect for that audience. So it's quite helpful. And then next month, we've got a whole whole month. I've rented a house. Oh, this is, this is a good story of people that are getting started. This is what's ahead. So I love destination launching. So not launching from my normal boring office. I like to have really big energy in launch week. So we go to another place and I've rented a house in Hawaii for a month (laughs) to launch from. I'm here by the way. Yeah. It's just... So you're in Hawaii? Yes. Really? Yes, we should connect. Yes, we should. I'll be there in <laughs> September. All of awesome. September. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. I just assumed you were in the office. Yeah. So we're going there and we're running launch from there, which I'm so excited about. And we've got some of our clients coming across and staying in the house as well. So it's just, it's really fun. Like some days I'll get up and go, how do we call this work? Like this is cool. And I mean, there's still problems. There's always growing pains, obviously. And there's always fear. Like it doesn't matter. I think this launch that we're about to do is like my 15th or 16th live launch. And I still, I still panic. I still panic every time before and going, you know, it's been a good run. We've had a good ride. Like, have we exhausted everyone? Is anyone going to come? Are people still going to want There's other competitors popping up. Are they better? Like, are we still going to be ahead of the curve? Like every fear, I think launching brings out every fear and security you could possibly have as a human. I think especially live too, because there is no, like you can, you can slip out of a webinar and feign some internet connectivity issues, but when you've traveled across the country and you have people sitting in front of you, you gotta, you gotta show up. You do. Yeah. And there's always so many moving parts. I mean, we had like an example and this, I, I say just to give comfort to people as well is we have everything systemized, like literally everything. There are checklists for every single component in our launch, in our business, everything. However, yesterday our challenge went live. So we run a a four-day challenge as part of the launch and immediately the email went out and all 
these emails come back, the confirmation page with the wrong dates on it because we didn't change mobile view. We just changed desktop view. And I'm like, there is a button. Did you check mobile view? It's ticked, but it wasn't there. And so never ever have we done a full live launch without things going wrong. And I think that's oddly comforting <laughs> to people yeah. going, you know, it, it's never, well, I still strive. I'm like, how is this not perfect? Because we've done it enough times. The program's like, come on. Um, but no, we, we are yet to do a perfect score. And you're still here to talk about it. Still here to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you earlier, I'll ask you now, I, I, with the, the various programs that you have, um, like starting a podcast, start, do you have a, I don't know if you cover any other areas like coaching you mentioned, uh, do you have a recommended path? Um, is there, is there a, you know, the one right starting point for someone? Yeah. I, you know, it's one of the biggest frustrations I think that my clients have is I will say it depends a lot. And so, no, I think that there's a lot of people that sell like here is the only path need to have your Ascension model with free content offers, then into an evergreen, then into a live launch program, and then with a membership upsell. Like that's a really common thing. And while I still think that that works for a lot of people, everyone's different with what they like. So for example, I love membership because it's monthly recurring revenue. I like to live launch it as well. So that's two things that I like. Some people hate live launching. It's actually so stressful that they hate it and they should just go to an evergreen model rather than force themselves to do something that they don't like. Um, whereas I would say if you can get over it, like live launching is the winner. But then with a membership, for example, like I would ne never tell people a membership is the only way for success because I go live in my membership every week. I have gone live every week for over 400 weeks. Like it is a massive commitment in showing up and holding space for people. I've got clients that go, I do not want that in my life at all. So their whole business model is they've got like an eight or a 12 week course. They live launch, they run people live through it. They close, they've got two months off and then they go into pre-launch for the next one. So it gives them this time and space where they have no responsibilities, no people, no customer service, no Facebook groups, no one at them for different things. They can have a real and true break. Whereas my business is actually never off. So what I say to people is when you come in, there's exercises that we do in going, what is the life you want? Because we can really craft any life that we want to live. And I think the trap that a lot of people fall into is looking at someone that they admire and going, okay, I just need to copy that model and it's going to work for me, which could, but if it's not, like I go back to the alignment, if it's not aligned with the life that you want to lead, then it's not going to work. So for me, when I ran my short course, we had pre-recorded all content. So we sold it and then it just kind of did its thing. And for some people that's like happy days. For me, I actually hated it because I didn't know the people. I didn't know how they were going. I couldn't, I didn't answer their questions. It was just like this low cost, high volume thing that I was just like, oh, and yes, it's like a, you know, it's a good thing in terms of it makes a lot of money, but it didn't have the daily life that I wanted to have, which is connecting with people and seeing how they're going and being there with the journey as part of that. So I have the combination. So I think for a lot of people, one thing that I've seen change a lot in the last kind of six to 12 months is the advantages of paid small content 
rather than just all freebies for list building. So we're actually seeing a whole lot more conversion for our, our teeny offers coming in. So whether that is oh, like we did like a book marketing course for people that want to write a book and get on the bestseller list as a teeny offer. We did like a lead magnet challenge, which is only $44 that people can come in and get to. And traditionally we used to do masterclasses, challenges, like little mini courses for free so people could get to know us and then jump up. But what we found was a lot of people never actually open them because they haven't paid any money. They never do the thing and get the result. And the only time that people are going to move along your Ascension model and that customer journey is when they get the result. And so charging, like we've seen people, even charging $7 means the show up rate is so much higher and the investment is higher and they're going to go through. So that is a tip that I would give to everybody is, is that is working consistently across for all industries. If you've got something that's super valuable, I don't mean like a crappy download, like give that for free. <laughs> but if you've got something that's super valuable and meaty, uh, charge for it a small amount so that then you can invite people into that next stage of that customer journey too. And stick with the model that's going to be what you like to do on a day-to-day basis, not what's going to be, you know, make the most money or look the most impressive, but what's going to make you happy every day. Well, Tina, you've successfully navigated the offline world. You've completely rebuilt yourself online. I always have to ask, like, what what has changed for you as a result of taking this online journey of creating an online business? Yeah, everything. I mean, my book came out last year, my second book, Million Dollar Micro Business. And that came like straight off the back of running online courses. So I definitely wouldn't have been able to do that. I'm Australian, which obviously everybody knows now you've been listening <laughs> to me. <laughs> the secret's but out. The secret is out. Um, but we were able to get the book all across the US and into all US airports, which you know would not have happened if I didn't have online because I live in a small town in Australia and we have clients all over the globe. And it blows my mind every day to go, there are literally no borders in what we can do and where we can go with it and what we can do with our money as well. I mean, we pay for a lot of girls scholarships in Kenya, which was always a dream of mine. I've always, um, I'm a UN liaison officer and I've always wanted to do some things with that, but you know, it's, it's expensive. And what I have learned is that you can do so many good things with money, like so many good things and being entrusted with that and being able to do that and have fun in the world and helping other people rise. I mean, my goal in my business is to have a hundred women making a million dollars a year by 2025. And just seeing the impact of that on humans and their families and their communities, like it's just... I feel like a very lucky lady. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Tina. Uh, This has been an incredible conversation. Lots of really, like really interesting, valuable, actionable insights coming from this. Uh, For anyone who's interested in learning more, though, where's the best place for them to find you? Well, hopefully if I've done my branding job right, you should be able to find me really easily. (laughs) (laughs) TinaTower.com or TinaTower on any of the social medias. Come say hi. Yes, I love it. And I also forgot to ask you what's, what's next on the horizon. And I usually lead with that. Oh, yeah. Um, so her empire builder is, is next. Just, just more volume of what we're doing, more impact, more women kick it ass. I love it. I love it. Well, with that said, that is all we have for everyone this week. Thank you again, Tina, for joining us. Thanks, Jared. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We will look forward to seeing you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. 